Welcome back to the All in a Homeschool Day podcast. We are starting a new series today. If you missed the previous series about helping your struggling learner thrive in your homeschool, you can find all of those episodes plus the guest episode with Kristen Morris at triumphantlearning.com forward slash struggling learner. Today, we are starting a new series where we are talking about helping your gifted learner thrive in your homeschool. Homeschooling is a great situation for both ends of the spectrum because we are able to customize our children's education to meet them exactly where they are. Gifted learners and struggling learners each have unique challenges, and we can overcome many of those challenges in a homeschool setting. So if you missed the struggling learner episodes, I encourage you to go check those out. You can get a lot of information on the post and then go into more detail about what teaching a struggling learner looks like in our home and in Kristen Morris's home. And now we're starting to talk about gifted learners. And we're going to do the same thing. You can find a lot of helpful information and resources on the show notes to this series, which you can find at triumphantlearning.com forward slash gifted learner. And then in the next two episodes, we're going to go into more detail about how you can help your gifted learner thrive and what that looks like in our homeschool. And then I'm excited to bring a guest on to talk more about what homeschooling a gifted learner looks like in her home. Colleen Kessler of Raising Lifelong Learners will be with us in a few weeks, and she'll share her experiences. So without further ado, let's dive in to today's episode. Now, if you have a gifted learner and you are thinking about homeschooling, you might have some of the same thoughts that I did oh my goodness, how am I going to keep up? How am I going to teach my child whenever she gets into higher level subjects that I have know nothing about? What am I going to do? If you're currently homeschooling a gifted learner, you have, I'm sure, experienced some of the same things that I have of thinking, wow, I never thought we'd be talking about that oh my goodness, how am I going to find resources to cover that interest? Either way, we're going to cover some foundational principles that can help you as you're homeschooling your gifted learner so that you feel confident and you both can enjoy the process. In today's episode, we are specifically going to talk about some of the special needs that gifted learners have. We typically think of special needs in terms of our struggling learners and how they have some unique challenges that they need help um, to overcome in their learning endeavors. Well, gifted learners have special needs too. And I'm sure, as you know, they are very different than struggling learners' needs. First, let's talk about asynchronous development. If you have a gifted learner, I'm sure you have seen this come into play in that your child is very advanced in some areas and some abilities and not so much in others. They may be working at grade level in some subjects or even below grade level in some subjects and well ahead in others. They do not develop in all areas at the same rate. This is true of all children, but it is 
typically pronounced a little more in gifted students. And uh, if you want to learn more about asynchronous development, I have a link on the show notes to this post where you can dig a little deeper into that. What I have found that is helpful is to keep three things in mind regarding asynchronous development whenever uh, we encounter some struggles. First of all is to remember that they're still children. This was so hard, uh, particularly for adults uh, that did not interact with my daughter on a regular basis. She, from a very young age, had a an incredibly rich vocabulary. She had a large vocabulary. She knew how to use it in context, and she talked all the time. However, she would also throw temper tantrums. And during those moments, I had to remind myself she was still a child. She was still young. She did not have the emotional strength of will to control her behavior and her emotions. And it was my responsibility to help her with that. And particularly if you have uh, other adults interacting with your children, they may be taken off guard when this child who typically, in our case, uh, would have very rich conversations with them would suddenly throw a temper tantrum or would uh, say something that was completely out of context or completely inappropriate because children don't always know uh, the right things to say at the right time. And, you know, they may uh, not have that situational awareness yet. So it's important to remember that and help your child work through it, help the adults uh, interacting with your children to recognize that. It's not an excuse, and I never... Uh, excused that behavior, but I would find ways to gently correct and to uh, remind everybody involved, this is a learning opportunity. I still have a young child. The other thing that I found is really important is to find ways that help my child learn at her own pace. So in some subjects that in which she excelled, we would barrel right on and I would uh, allow her to either progress quickly if it was a subject that that made sense or sometimes we would expand the breadth of her studies. So instead of allowing her to progress faster through uh, a sequence of study, we would expand that and learn more about um, areas around that subject. So For example, in history, we could look for biographies about uh, people related to the time period, or we could dig deeper. Maybe we were studying about uh, Hoover Dam and about the construction of that. Well, we could, and that fascinated her. So then we could expand that and learn about other buildings or bridges or large Uh, building projects and really go into more detail about other places that are similar. You have the flexibility to go either route. um, And even in math, you do not have to keep progressing forward. You could learn about other concepts. One thing that we particularly enjoyed doing was learning about various puzzles and critical thinking skills and games and 
Uh, there was uh, there were a couple of books. One in particular that I remember was about Pen- Penrose, the mathematical cat, and that really sparked my daughter's interest in binary number system and uh, some several other topics that then propelled her down this path of learning about all kinds of fascinating math concepts that really brought math to life and and made it uh, seem like that candy for her in addition to her mathematical studies. So there's multiple ways that you can go about that process. And then also, this is not something that we typically think about with our gifted learners, but sometimes we need to provide accommodations for them. This is very common with our struggling learners. We think about how we need to uh, help them get to the place where they're learning at their level. But the same can be true for our gifted learners if they have this asynchronous development in an area that is holding them back. For example, my daughter could read very well and was much above grade level, but she could not physically write a full sentence. She could not record her thoughts on paper. Um, Physically writing was difficult for her. It it hurt. And she just needed to develop those fine motor skills, the muscles in her hand. And it took a while. Both of my daughters are lefties. So I'm not sure how much of that comes into play. I think there's some aspect of that, but it was a challenge. There were many days that that was what was stopping her. So we found accommodations and ways around that. I often allowed her to record her thoughts into a voice recording app. We had a, a digital recorder before it was common to use uh, your smartphone to record. Uh, now she often will use her iPhone to uh, record her her narrations to herself instead of actually writing them out. Write, the physical act of writing is still a challenge for her. She can write m- much faster now, but she still does not like the physical act of writing when she has to write a lot. She, uh, you could also allow your child to use dictation software. Or one thing that we found that was really helpful was to use a dry erase board or a chalkboard instead of pencil and paper because it just there was something about it that was easier for them physically. So your child may have different accommodations, different needs that you need to consider, but find a way to allow your child to learn at the level that he's capable of learning without being held back by some aspect of his development that's not keeping pace. The next need that our gifted learners have is often sensitivities. Many gifted learners are highly sensitive and intense children. This can be very challenging and trying for parents and homeschool teachers because it is just draining trying to deal with all of these sensitivities. Uh, My daughter was in constant motion. Physical sensations would bother her, such as a tag on her shirt or um, her socks being too scratchy. Uh, You might have a child who is very sensitive to smells or maybe sensitive to sounds or to lighting situations. There are so many ways that your child can be overly sensitive. 
many people just don't get this. And if you do not have a sensitivity similar to this, it is a challenge because you think, oh, just get over it. And honestly, you can't just get over it. If you want to learn more about sensitivities and overexcitabilities, you can check out the book, The Highly Sensitive Child or The Highly Sensitive Person. And I also have a link on my website that explains overexcitabilities, where you have hypersensitivities in some specific areas. When I learned about this concept, it explained so much about my needs as well as my child's needs. And so then also, if you combine both of those, we were struggling against each other in several of those uh, sensitivity areas. So if you have not read about this, I would encourage you to start with that article on my website. It is a fairly quick read, but it is eye-opening as to um, what your child may be facing. And I would encourage you to perhaps change your mindset about these sensitivities and help your child to embrace this also. It is often considered a challenge or frustrating or annoying to be dealing with these sensitivities. I know I've always uh, personally had to think about the environments where I am, if I am in a large environment with lots of people, lots of noise, particularly lots of smells, I get easily overwhelmed. And I just want to withdraw and you know back away so that I can get back into kind of a safe place. And I noticed this with my daughter as well. Her behavior would change when we would get into these overstimulating environments. But these struggles can be viewed as a gift instead of an annoyance. When I learned about how sensitive people are actually an indicator species for our uh, environment, it really gave me a different perspective. It is actually a gift for us to be able to notice these things more readily than the general population because we are able to then alert when there are problems. And it's a it's a catch-22. We have to kind of balance that because, yes, it's a gift, but it is not an excuse to let it run rampant. For example, my daughter and I both are very sensitive to smells. And as such, we, t- we smell the slightest hint of smoke or something hot, well before anybody else in our household does. And the problem with that is oftentimes there is no danger associated with it. We have to kind of work through this uh, mental process of, what do I smell? Okay, I think this is okay. This is nothing. I I see no problems. Uh, I've checked out everything that could be a problem and it's all fine. I now need to move on. So helping my daughter learn how to manage these sensitivities and overexcitabilities has been very important, uh, both for her to feel confident and to not be afraid, as well as to view it as a gift. And that leads us into our last uh, special need that I want to talk about, and that is fears and anxieties. So often our gifted children are able to learn concepts and think about situations that are well above their age level. 
often they physically can read at a much higher level than their age. And the problem with that is finding appropriate content of books and uh, subjects and you know, curriculum that is appropriate for them from that emotional and life experience perspective, but also challenges them. At times, it can be very difficult to find material that is challenging enough while at the same time stays appropriate. So I had to pre-read all of my daughter's books for a long time because she could read at a much higher level But if I allowed her to actually read those books, she would quickly become afraid because she was not able to process them. She was not able to, um, she didn't have the life experiences to allow her to know what should be concerning and what was just part of life because she had not experienced it. The other problem that we had is that she would overanalyze. So she would think much deeper about some of the concepts that she was reading and try to think about that in terms of her life. And there would be this disconnect and she just uh, couldn't do it. And she would become very, um, very anxious and um, really concerned trying to figure this out. So it was very important that I found resources for her that challenged her, but also was at an age-appropriate level. To do this, I had to find uh, resources that I could trust with uh, book suggestions, as well as uh, authors that I trusted. I talked to many friends, and I had to think about the, the books that I would allow her to read and ask myself if this would scare her or it's okay to challenge her a little bit, but not push her over the edge. So it really comes down to knowing your child. What is going to be a problem? What is not going to be a problem for your child? And that's different from child to child. I had friends who would tell me about some amazing books and they were age appropriate books. But at the same time, as I read them, I thought there is no way I can let my child read this. I knew what she already had a tendency to have fears and anxieties about. And I knew that that particular subject or that particular portrayal would intensify those anxieties. So knowing your child will help you to discern this. There are a number of book lists on my website, as well as the resources that I have used to um, find resources appropriate for my child. And so you can find that link on the show notes for this series. And that's at triumphantlearning.com forward slash gifted learner. I hope this has helped you think through some of the special needs that your gifted learner has and that you are able to take this information and use it as you are a student of your child to find the ways to help your gifted learner thrive and to uh, help them overcome those special needs. 
I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review for the podcast in your favorite podcast player. It helps other homeschool parents find the All in a Homeschool Day podcast as they are searching for uh, a, a show to help them through their homeschool journey. If you would do that, I would be so appreciative and it would help the show out immensely. Next week on the podcast, we will be talking about motivating your gifted learner and some different ways that you can do that. Until next time, have a triumphant day.